Well, welcome to the Redemptification Podcast. I've got a joy today to get to share with you one of my friends, Josh Kwan, who's the president of The Gathering, a learning community of philanthropists motivated by our Christian faith to humbly steward and uh, wisely take care of all the resources God has entrusted to our care. And so, Josh, thank you for taking a few minutes and uh, thank you for sharing some of the wisdom you've learned along the way. My pleasure, John. Well, I first met Josh at a Praxis gathering, which he was a co-founder with his partner, Dave Blanchard, and two amazingly smart young people doing good work in the world. Um, Praxis, if you're, not a, if you're not aware of it, is a creative engine, that redemptive entrepreneurship. They are leading the conversation in this in the world and doing great work. And uh, Fred, that started the gathering, uh, saw Josh, and I guess over time said, man, if I'm in this great relay race of life, I've got to have someone faithful to steward this thing I've invested my life in. And and kind of, it says so much that he said, Josh, would you come and be president and, and lead this? So what is what is the great statement that uh, that Fred said that gives an idea of who Fred is and what he what he cares about? Mm. Uh, for for a man like Fred Smith, who founded the gathering, a community of Christian givers. Uh, he demonstrated his own generosity by uh, uh, giving me this title of the next founder, mm-hmm. the next founder. Two simple words, but it speaks so much because uh, as a founder, and, and I've started a few things in my time, and and each time I've had so much trouble letting it go and, and uh, not letting my identity be entirely wrapped or consumed by this thing that I tried to create. And here is Fred. He says, you're the next founder, which means he is no longer the person who's going to be controlling everything. The founder is all about control. Like, this is mine. I have to do things this way. This is the right way to do things. Anyone else who's trying to mess with my thing is going to be doing it wrong. And, and Fred says, no, uh, my time as founder is done. And so the next person is not a caretaker, but a founder, which says, I have the freedom and autonomy and responsibility to create something from what he's given me, the baton that he's handed me. He's not clinging onto the baton. You know, like <laughs> exchanges are so awkward, right? When you see those sprinters and they hold on for just a split second too long, <sighs> right? It's gotta be a clean handoff. So it's completely, mm-hmm. that person has to completely let go of the baton. There's no more finger on the <laughs> baton. So uh, that was the gift that Fred gave me to say, Josh, it's okay, you can, you don't have to always be thinking about what would Fred do? How would he handle the situation? He's given me the invitation to ask that question, but not the duty or obligation to ask that question. And it says so much about his leadership and the way he approaches things. It's a, you know, the gathering is such a blessing. Ash and I went this last year and I met incredible people and there was so much, it was just like people were dumping gold Um, of wisdom on us, of this peer group of people who are wrestling with, curious about the conversations around what does it mean to handle the capital and the the resources and the the influence that God's put into our lives. And that's kind of the thing you do. You hold a safe space to have great conversations. Yeah, John, John, I think you hit it right on the head. It's a safe space. Uh, that means it's, it's got to be built on trust. Mm. That I, when I walk into the room, I can trust that other people are there 
uh, uh, with a similar desire to learn. And uh, that's what at least we're trying to aspire to, right? That there's a, a, a removal of judgment, mm-hmm. a removal of uh, expectation of like what you ought to be doing yeah. or that I need to be, that my thing that I am supporting is shinier and brighter and better than yours. Like, no, we we, we want to come into this space and say, uh, uh, I want to uh, be with other people who are asking the similar questions in life. And we've been extraordinarily blessed, right? We've been blessed to live in America, to be living in the 21st century, to be to be to have save or to have a savior who who loves us. And then uh that also comes with like a few insecurities, right? <laughs> Shared insecurities around like, am I am I doing the right thing? Am I you know being obedient to my calling or to this responsibility to live out the scriptures as as best as we can? And and then so how do we try to do this by encouraging one another from sharing our uh, you know when we stumbled into a pitfall hey john like watch out like <laughs> I, I ran into this hole here you know don't jump in after me you know <laughs> that's that's sort of the idea yeah like the safe trusted space and makes it practical i mean there was so many practical conversations about what do i do when and how do you think about this and and bringing family together as well um you know encouragement is right there with air we all need it. And sometimes life just seems we get down and frustrated and, and pushed. And how, what does it mean to lead an organization that encourages people to steward all that God's put in their hand? Mm. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the word encouragement is, is, uh, is so key here because um, I, I can tell you what it's not, right? Mm. It's not just simply patting each other on the back and saying that, oh, you are so smart, John. Oh, you're so <laughs> handsome, John. Or you are, you know, you're, you're flawless, John, right? Um, uh, and it's, it is also different from um, uh, a, a guilt, right? That's that, oh, John, you ought to be doing this. Oh, why aren't you? Uh, 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 it, it's, it's almost a sense of like, well, shouldn't you be doing these things? And I think the encouragement uh, uh, piece comes from uh, it, it. It's a bit of a, a, a faithful nudge, maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe it's a it's a hopeful uh, urging, right? Yeah. That we have this beautiful opportunity. Uh, we have uh, we we have the insights that we can share with one another. We have a common hope, and then we also have this beautiful opportunity to do something about the things that we see in the world that we feel are broken or pained or, you know, people who are suffering. And, uh, uh, and so the encouragement is not to feel overwhelmed or to feel downtrodden by guilt or to feel morally superior or, or that we're somehow smarter. Uh, so there's this, there's, I think there's a bit of a tension and a, and a bit of a push and pull and where can we land? That's just the right amount of encouragement and not one of the other elements of like, you know, guilt or shame or, or um, obligation or, you know. Like, it's or, so true. That's mm-hmm. part of that safe space is mm-hmm. I, I felt like y'all that the, the environment didn't call people out, but it called them up. Uh, it, it gave them a chance and gave us mm-hmm. a chance. Me and Ash were going, look at what's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could try. We can mm-hmm. try something new. We could step mm-hmm. in. What's some things that are possible if, if you know, and, and that's kind of 
I think even stewarding the relationships is a huge part of mm. this. You put a place where a lot of really dynamic people come together mm. to be, to really lay down all that stuff and just have curious conversations mm. with mm. open hearts. You know, John, I think you and Asha also embody this in your work. And I, and I say this because uh, you think so deeply and carefully about design and it's, it's, it's a combination of, uh, a physical design so that when somebody walks into a building or a space, they have the sensation or this feeling, but you're designing it for people and for relationship, right? It's not just, oh, I, this is aesthetically pleasing, but it's meant for something. There's a greater purpose to it. And I, and I think I, to how I think about the gathering, like I, I don't want people to just walk away and say, hey, that was fun. Or, oh, well, wasn't this interesting? Um, uh, but but it, it's actually to encourage right that that word again uh, people to to go a little bit a little bit deeper in their relationship with one another and maybe in their relationship with their savior and their lord and, and then maybe in relationship with like their interior of like how they understand this uh, stewardship of of all these resources that we call it you know these resources temporarily entrusted to your care right <laughs> what are you gonna do with it right and it's um uh so, so, so yes uh, it's designing um uh it's got to be safe but it can't be too sterile and, and right <laughs> this is again this is another wonderful phrase that i learned from fred smith is that you know uh safety is not sterility you know Ooh. uh uh and so you do need a little bit of like oh there's a bit of dissonance in there there's a little yeah. bit of discomfort there's just enough of like something's not quite <laughs> quite safe uh, i'm sorry not not not, not quite um uh, something has to provoke the imagination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so many of us who are in, and a lot of people there come seeking encouragement. It's like you go give your courage away all day and you can mm -hmm. come home totally discouraged. Yes. And, 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 and yeah. it's a place where we can be encouraged and also empowered. Um, uh -huh. Ashes in, in the design things that Ash does, I think she codified well. She said, God showed her her gift from him. Her purpose was hospitality. But in today's world, hospitality is so often shaped. The word doesn't mean what sometimes I think God intended it. So she said her definition of hospitality is I thought of you before you got here. And she said, that's that. what God does for us. I mean, you think about before the foundation of the world, Christ was crucified. And so we think, oh, our planning God had planned this thing out and he just lays it out. And, and she says that the beauty is actually the result of love. Huh. Huh. And so I think you're right. And that's one thing I noticed the hospitality that you that you brought into the experience and the elevated kind of care and love. And even with kids, I mean, one of my things when I tell people about the gathering, I said, kids love this. And how many times do you hear kids say, I love what's going on? How did y'all get to the part to love on kids? Because it's such a critical, beautiful thing that you do that's in fact, it's so unusual. I don't know any event that puts the kind of love and care into children that you guys do. Well, I, th th thank you for mentioning that. It, it, it's, uh, again, uh, something that I didn't have to create so I can sort of brag about it without you know, claiming <laughs> any credit. Uh, I, I do think it, it's um, come about because 
we care for families. Mm. Uh, you know, we have individuals, we have some couples that don't have kids who come, but- uh, uh, Families have unique enough. challenges even to yeah. come to an event. I mean, a lot of times it's like, I'd love to go, but what about my kids? And yes. how am I gonna- Yes. So, so there's a practical element, right? right. Uh, enabling people who would otherwise live very busy lives to be able to come. And then this, the, so a, this more strategic or maybe more uh, thoughtful element of it is just simply understanding that um, uh, families that learn together, families that, that practice generosity together, uh, it is such a beautiful element of our faith that, uh, that, that transcends mm -hmm. theological differences, that transcends, you know, families get messy when mm -hmm. the when you, the focus is on politics or on right. you know, uh, the, the kind of messiness of life and society and culture. But but when we try to aim towards what good can we do for others, how can we mm -hmm. think outside of ourselves and outside of our navel gazing or my <laughs> own household and what I'm going to buy or where I'm going to travel? But it's it's about like other like this 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 uh, your definition of uh, actual definition of hospitality is like if i if you think about people other people um uh, uh, before they get here hmm. part of the, your investment of the next generation is you're investing in the lives of people who will come after you yes and, and which is such a key yeah. it's a beautiful you know yeah. we say that we ask ourselves the same question over and over about cities that that won't leave us alone what could we do for the uh -huh. good of our of our city uh -huh. that will last 50 years and no one be able to undo it. And yes. we said, if we find that, go big on it. Yes. Don't go small. Push it. Yeah. Push your chips across the table. And yes. we're convinced that loving God loves people and he loves places. And he yes. calls some of us like Ash and I have stewarded 10 square blocks for 25 years. Mm. And for love's sake, we have committed till death do us part. <laughs> a little patch of ground. And we think that it's more important what it's making of us than mm. what we're necessarily achieving. Mm. Although we're doing both, right? Mm. I mean, when you do yes. push-ups, it changes you. <laughs> and no it one sure can does. do them for you. It sure does. It sure does. You know, uh, so uh, we're taking a group of gathering families uh -huh. to Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. And then about 45 minutes or so outside of Louisville, Kentucky, uh, uh, a American I literary icon named oh. Wendell Berry. Oh, my heart is sleeping as you right? say this. So, I, and I think this is a beautiful example of a place that shapes a person, but then a person who can also in turn shape that place. That's right. And then and be he writes so beautifully about it. He mm. is in love with God's creation and he sees it, right? Yes. Yes, yes. It, it's both the abstract uh -huh. of nature and creation and, and birds and bees, but then it's also, it has to be specific. It has to be particular. It has to be to a uh, a particular brook, a particular valley, uh, a, a number of families that are neighbors. And and uh, uh, and there is something that, that, you know, in the novels that he writes, he, he translates that feeling mm -hmm. of, and then he translates, he compresses into a novel a lifetime of yeah. relationships and what it can do, both positive and negative, right? That yeah. it, it uh, shapes yeah. us in so many ways. Yes. And, mm -hmm. it, I love what uh, the, our common friend, Doug um, Wilson says, he says, uh, there's a difference in a somewhere person and an anywhere person. Mm. 
and a subware person is actually implicated. Uh -huh. Like once you say I'm staying here, mm -hmm. well, then every building you build, you're going to live with, <laughs> you know, it, it, your trees, your plant, you're going to, you're going to want to take care of. And there's something about this community of stewarding. So how does discipleship work and stewardship kind of synergistically as you've seen with families? Like I know that you have a focus on discipleship and bringing this stewardship together in, a, in families. How does that play out in a community like the gathering oh ah uh, it um so so i think okay so i think the designer in me would sort of say okay we do this this and this and then <laughs> you know like then this is how the sausage gets made right <laughs> these steps in operations and because you have to live in the details right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh uh and i justify my work no but, but i think <laughs> I, the, the, I think the, the reality uh, is is that there's there's something magical or, or providential or mm. Holy Spirit that happens when you throw in a few ingredients together, right? And one is like, can we can we help bring people into a place and a time where their hearts are a little bit cracked, more open, maybe a little softer. A they little, pulse their life. Pause stuff the is life. slowed down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so there's a pausing of the pace. Uh -huh. There's a uh, there's a filling of the spirit so that I feel, uh, you know, restored before and I can. And then it opens up. up like a providential potential kind of. Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, and then to uh, uh, you know sort of plant a couple of seeds, right? Like to continue this agriculture analogy. <laughs> um, uh, so so those seeds uh, have to be exposed to other in, other nutrients, right? Uh, and that might mean a conversation after dinner with the marshes, right? It may involve sitting in a room and listening to a question from Doug Wilson talking about X, Y, and Z. And, and so as we're getting, getting exposure to what other families are doing in their hometowns or in yeah. the ministries that they're serving across the world, um, there's a- And it sparks an idea. Yes. You're like, oh, yes, that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, and, and I think what we try to do is, uh, we say, you know, there's some ground rules, right? The ground rules are that you, you can't ask people for money. Oh, yeah. You can't, you <laughs> That's part of being safe, right? Being safe. Yes. Um, but that invites more conversation, more question asking. So if I know that John's not going to ask me for money, I, John's not gonna, I'm not going to ask him for money, right. then that frees up our conversation, our dialogue. And so I want to ask, how did you and Ash figure that out? Yeah, like what is that? And you know how few environments, I mean, I think about so often people are trying to figure out our net worth. Mm -hmm. And I was praying about this and um, mm -hmm. one time, and here's what I realized. If you want to take our personal financial statement and write net worth, put Jesus. Because <laughs> that's what we cost. Ah, uh, oh. Right? That's wow. what people like yeah. us cost is Jesus. Yeah. And I said, we're all of infinite value. But this this safe space allows you to have conversations that are courageous without mm -hmm. concern about, are we trying to do a deal? We're just here open-hearted talking about things because we want to know and be better. Change. Yes. yes. Well, that's a, that, you know, uh, uh, we should talk to somebody who's an, an actual accountant, right? Before we <laughs> mess up the, the terms. But if you even think about that, uh, net worth connected to what are your assets and liabilities? Mm -hmm. 
there's a, like an infinite liability. <laughs> and then we also have <laughs> an infinite asset, right? That, that uh, you know, sometimes uh, when, we, when we think about generosity and what's available for us to deploy, um, we overthink the financial asset mm-hmm. and undervalue the Holy Spirit asset, right? Wow. Like the, like this, when you, when you said like, Hey, go out, push your chips in part of this, pushing your chips. in is just like knowledge. Like, look, I'm putting everything I've got in you and it's not going to be enough, but right. it's worth the risk. It's worth That's the risk because right. something special has to happen beyond my own financial capacity or my own smarts or, or the people I know, yeah. or yeah. if we could do it, God ain't in it. Yeah. He, he needs, you know what? I realize that there's five eyes. And what when we go into a town, we ask about these five eyes because we want one of each of these on a team. One is investment. We do need money. We mm-hmm. need ideas. We need someone with influence. We need someone who is implicated. Mm-hmm. And we need and we need someone who will intercede. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and what God showed me he said, if the widow with the two mites can't be on your team, why not? And so how often do we ask someone who has a gift of intercession for their investment? Yes. And how many times do we ask people who have this gift of influence, you know, for their ideas? And so it's identifying mm. the gift and what God showed me, these five eyes, all directed by a person of peace is our formula for a place prospering. Wow. Well, you know, which of those five, do you find that uh, people in our circles tend to overlook or undervalue? Uh, intercession. Intercession. Yeah, because he, getting down on your knees mm. for the sake of a project mm. is some of the most. I mean, Jesus said, I'm going home. And I'm mm. going to spend time in some good work. Yeah. I'm going to be interceding on behalf of those who believe. Mm. Mm. And I said, we need people on their knees for our projects mm. and mm. for our purposes. And and mm. we ask people on the team to raise their eye to say, I'm going to take this one. You can count on me. And yeah. um, and like for me in Opelika, if you come to Opelika, me and Ash are implicated here. Mm. We're people that have made choices to write checks with our life, to mm. love a little patch of ground. And if mm-hmm. someone wants to do something here that's for the good of this city, we want to help. Mm, yeah. You know, I, I I think you're in the business of identifying undervalued assets, right? Like mm-hmm. and, and and when you talk about intercession as one of those, I wonder what what could be done or what could we do in, in terms of ad- better identifying, uh, better supporting, encouraging and and putting a spotlight or or nurturing that uh as an asset, whether it's within an individual or in a play. Yes. Yes. Well, you know what we say is you, it's the same thing as fishes and loaves. What mm. God showed me when we were idiots and got saved and, and, and really didn't have anything. We're million and a half dollars in debt, $99,000 overdrawn when we got born again. And God showed me, he said, the answer is in fishes and loaves, Mm. measure, manage and multiply. He said, if you'll measure it and you'll manage it, I'll multiply it. See, I think multiplication mm. is one of the is one of the, the fruits of the kingdom, love, light, and multiplication. And so what I think is, think about this. Our, our common friend Pete Oak says that there's three capitals, social, spiritual, and economic capital. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Economic, we measure outputs, mm-hmm. but social and spiritual, we measure inputs. Yeah. So what we want to do is say, okay, we got three people that raise their hands on this intercession. I let's mm-hmm. ask them, will they commit to get down on their knees two times a day and mm-hmm. put this project or this purpose or this thing before God? And mm-hmm. what we'll notice is as we do this, what will come on our projects and our situations is peace. Because peace is God's seal of approval. You know, it's the umpire of God's decision making. Yeah. Yeah. When we follow peace, we're not going to, it cannot be counterfeited. Ooh, ooh, that's a, (laughs) that's a good one. Huh. And that's what we're looking for in a city. We go in and ask God, where's the peace? Hmm. Who's the person of peace you put in this place? Hmm. And we call that person a patron. We don't Hmm. go into cities and believe miracles are going to happen without a person peace. Yeah. Ooh, that's a, you know, and, and, and I think we, uh, well, I, so I've, I've been trained in a couple of disciplines mm-hmm. where they, they sort of teach you how to, uh, you know, this measure and manage different, different resources. And I, and I really don't know how this, this model that you just talked about measuring, managing and multiplying, how do you do that with the eye of intercession, right? Where, uh, you know, you can sort of say, okay, these are the levers for growing money. These are the levers for increasing your social, you know, your, your your creative output. I don't know, other than simply getting on your knees, right? But- well, and we put marks. I mean, everything we do, we we count. I mean, I think about Jesus. He's like, hey, boys, so what kind of sack lunch do we have? Or they got, we got a little few fishes and a few loaves. He's <laughs> like, take that happy meal. Yes, yes. Sit them down in groups of 50. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He measured it. He managed it. Yeah. He broke it, blessed it, and God multiplied it. Mm-hmm. So what we say is like, if you can count it, count it. So like mm-hmm. if we're going to pray two times a day, three people, that means we got six times a day going six times the five days a week or six days a week. That's one thing. But the second thing that we've learned is that God loves keeping up with things. Mm-hmm. And so we write down what we're praying for specifically, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you know what you're praying for, you know, when it came to pass. Yes. Yes. And so that's how we our faith is encouraged by the things we pray for coming to pass yes you know in 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 um you know the old testament is littered with oh. times when you know god says hey just let, let's pause for a moment and remember this mm-hmm. right like and they stack stones up remember let's yes. put these things here so we can remember this thing because yes. we'll forget it yes that's right because like it's got to be like this physical reminder and it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a and it's also a place these stones are at a location for a reason, right? Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, and I think that there's a difference between monument building to human success versus having these physical reminders of God's faithfulness. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's a reminder. And and it always is, where's the glory? You know, uh-huh. if, if, if you think about it, when we're doing this, when people notice our good works, mm-hmm. which he said, they'll see your good works and glorify mm-hmm. your father in heaven. It's mm-hmm. not that we don't do good work. I I told him I want to do such excellent work. People ask why. Yes. Yes. Like, why do you care so deeply? 
Glad you asked. <laughs> I, I think me and Ash were in Italy for Nelson got married in January. So we were in Northern Italy and we went to this restaurant in Milan. Mm. It's the best example I've had of God's gift of crafting food and beverage. So this, this, this is called do D O and, and it has, it had in the section we in, I think it may have 10 tables total, but three tables, this restaurant. And the, the the chef created the chair we sat in, the table we sat at, the forks we ate with, the spoons we ate with, all the glassware, the room, all the art in the room, the food, everything, everything. And I thought, it, I told him, I said, this is only for love's sake. Do you see mm. this? Mm. And I think about when we get to heaven, God's going to lay it out. He's going to show us what he put in food and beverage and tables and beauty. He's going to lay this thing out. And he's like, I'm about to blow y'all socks off. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. And we're going to have a big time dinner. And that dinner in Milan lasted Ash and I as a five hour lunch. Wow. And it took, I never knew food could be like that. Wow. And I just said, this is not the worship of food, but the, a creator that created all these beautiful things and gave them mm -hmm. to us and said, now work with what I gave you. Yes. Make something out of it. It's enjoy. Enjoy. Yeah. That, 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 that's exactly the, you know, thinking about another person before they arrive and, and that every element of that restaurant was yeah. done to that detail. Every, every little thing, you know what I said that makes me laugh. I said, baby, Tell me a few ways that you do this in our marriage, like in normal life. Mm -hmm. She said, well, I know you probably don't know this, but in the fridge, I always turn all the labels so you can see them. So it's easy for you in the morning. Cause I know you get up with them droggy eyes trying to see things. I said, oh, he said, every time I'm setting you up every time you turn around. Wow. And that I thought, is awesome. <laughs> I saw, I, I said, baby, it's just, it, I just watched her. She said, I said, tell me how you do it at work. One example. Mm. She said, when I go to make my deposit at the bank, mm. I turn all the bills the right way and put them in order. Cause I know the tellers have to count them. I want to make it easy for them. Oh, wow. Wow. And she's I said, tell me how to do it. Oh, she's a genius. Like yes. we went on vacation the other day and we were on this trip and this lady come around by the pool and she could barely see. She was squinting like crazy. I said, what's wrong? She said, I forgot my glasses. Oh. She said, oh, she's and Ash opened her bag and had two pair of her nice sunglasses. And she said, would you like to use a pair of mine? The girl put them on. She's like, wow, these are great. <laughs> and you know what Ash said? Said, and this girl had been kind of not nice to us when she was bringing us stuff. And Ash said, could I give you those glasses? <laughs> it's just, she's uh, doing it everywhere. Yes. And yes. I say, God, let me be like that. Let me uh, see uh, and think of people before they get there. Let me be prepared to love them. Yes. Yes. You know that, but that's, that's just it. Like she has ashes demonstrating both the, um, the heart preparation the, right and so it's an attitudinal emotional kind of a it's like a, it's a state of being where she's actively on the lookout for opportunity mm. but that preparedness also involves some physical preparedness like she has the two pairs of sunglasses she has 
She like, passes okay. stuff like she's already thought yes. like yes. like even if you come stay at our house and I hope you do sometimes she's got an intake form uh-huh. that asks like what kind of pillow do you like or what's your favorite color in this temperature and she's just she said John I think mm. that that God loves surprising us and and yeah. and, and and being there for us along mm. the way He's always mm. surprising us. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's powerful. It really is. So, and and I noticed that again at the attention to detail of the gathering, the way you did the sessions, the way we spent time. It was a. We go to a lot of events, and there was mm-hmm. so many wonderful things about mm-hmm. it that allowed people to connect. Mm-hmm. And it didn't make just being in sessions, sitting in big rooms, the whole thing. It was small groups, big groups. We're apart. We're together. You you just. You, you gave this beautiful kind of tapestry of weaving together the opportunities, almost serendipity for us to connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you know, cause I, I do know that. Uh, so even within my own family, we have such different styles of learning. Uh, I've got introverts and extroverts. I've got people who just love to read and I have other people who have to experience and touch and talk and, you know, and, and they've got to do all the five senses. And so that's what I'm trying to provide for people to, uh, you know, there's going to be some people who are hall rats who never step foot into a <laughs> program session, right? Yeah. And then there's others who will attend every single minute of every single program, and they're taking notes and they're, you know, yeah. like, Where, where's audio transcript for this? I want to listen <laughs> to it, and like all types, right? Um, and, and that's again the beauty of the diversity, the honor, yes, and, and, and yes. make a space for everybody. Mm-hmm. What yeah. are some of the common challenges that a community? Uh, people who want to talk about generosity have to deal with? Like, what are some of the challenges families run into about this subject? Yeah. You know, I uh, I think one of those is maybe, if I think about it, a, a couple different, like, buckets of challenges, right? Because, like, there's so many. <laughs> uh, I, I think one, one element would be about sort of, like, what are the interior family dynamics, Right. Because when you put money into a relationship, things get gnarly fast. And and it's sometimes it's a multiplier. It's a force multiplier for any uh, for any uh, uh, disagreements or conflict. It amplifies it. It I love what Jess Carell, one of my mentors, says. He said, John, how much money does it take to mess your kids up? Oh, my (laughs) goodness. He said, uh, he said, I think you're going to encourage them to let them be, this, tell them, say, you can do anything. You just can't do everything. Uh-huh. Yes. You're going to have to be faithful. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, so that's one of the channels, right? It's, it's right. to. Uh, inside uh, the family, that amplifier. Inside the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and then, so, so that's sort of like from the relational side and it's in family. Another one is it's, uh, you can, you can uh, look at the world and be overwhelmed with with this the the, the challenges the mm. problems the depravity the what feels like you know despair it's the mount everest of situations it, that we, right. could we do anything about any of this right? why even try it's just it's uh, uh, so that's on one side and the other side is there's just so many great ministries there's so many good nonprofit organizations yeah. they are all doing great work and there's so many um uh, how can I even choose one of these, right? Uh, and so, in both situations, it's paralysis. It's the it's like, well, I don't know, I I can't get started, right? I don't want to make a mistake. Uh, this is too, 
how can I waste the money of the kingdom? Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's, there's a part of it is, is um, uh, that, that we're going back to the encouragement. It's like, Hey, let's just do something and try and, and learn. And, 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 and part of that is getting to know yourself and how God's made you mm. and what particular giftings you have and what resonates with you as a giver or as a steward. So kind of honoring the process and helping people enter into it yeah, and mm-hmm. live in that dynamic mm-hmm. of, of being mm-hmm. in between, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we try to, uh, 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 we're not prescriptive in our approach. Right. There aren't like three cherries that we ought to give to. There aren't three causes that are the most important, um, uh, but it's exposure to a lot of different perspectives. And my, my favorite is like, to be exposed to people who, uh, other families who've taken polar opposite approaches and they've, you know, we all read the same Bible, right? right? We're praying to the same God and we're asking the same questions, but they've completely different answers. So one example would be some folks believe I need to give it all away with my last breath, right? right. And then there's Make the like, last oh, chick bounce if I can. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, and then the other family uh, maybe, no, we're trying to establish 10 generations Right, okay. ten generations of marshes that mm-hmm. all have the the blessing Heart of generosity. To... Yes, yeah. uh, which is right. And then yes. how do I how do I set up my family for either of those paths? Uh, uh, so that's that's sort of like the uh, some of those challenges exist. Yeah. Well, and it really is. I mean, it's not it, it's one and one, not one and you know everybody has to make their own decisions and honor God with and and again as we said earlier. Money is one thing. Your time is another. We're writing checks with our life. Yes. What, where are we going to invest these gifts we've been given? And especially as you're entering different seasons of your life, right? It's one thing early on when you're building and trying to do what, but but then when you start saying from this point forward, I want to make a difference. That's how mm. I'm going to judge the mm. things I'm doing, I want to, I want to make and invest the gifts God's given me in something that'll live beyond me. Mm. This is, these are really important questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, yes, I, uh, I think they're they're also helpful because it takes us outside of the immediate rush of what happens in our daily lives, and it takes the us the bubble beyond, we live in. The huh? bubble, yeah. it's the bubble that you can't escape, and then. <laughs> You know, you, you occasionally find those couple of things that pierce through the bubble. Mm. Sometimes it's a friend that's really honest with you, that knows you before you became famous for something. Um, sometimes it's getting outside of your home and your routine, mm. so that you're you know you're plucked from a from a place to into a, a environment, and then uh, sometimes it's creating space and time for those conversations. Uh, yeah. It's so powerful. It really is. And and we're all trying to figure. And, and one thing I would encourage people, the only thing I've found that keeps greed at bay is generosity. Mm. It, yeah. it is the one thing that can keep yes. you safe with with having great opportunity and great financial um, mm-hmm. um, resources. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just something. And I love generous ideas. Like one thing mm-hmm. we learn is like new ways to be generous. Like what, what mm-hmm. is a, you know, generous, it's like generosity, generosity, creativity or something. Uh-huh. 
it uh-huh. opens the door. Like I think about uh-huh. Jess. Jess was telling me again, he's like, him and I talk about generosity. He kind of, you know, I say there's five F's faith, family, fun, fitness, and finance. Uh-huh. And we're we're stewards of each. Mm-hmm. Now, who would, what if you had an amazing plan for your money and didn't have a great plan for your family? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be? Or this suit we ride in. I mean, Steve mm-hmm. Jobs would have given you a couple of billion for yours, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we steward this beautiful gift of a body. And so we say mm-hmm. you should have a sophisticated plan for all five Fs. Yes. And yes. in doing so, you honor God with what you've been entrusted. Well, Justin's right. my, he's my F for faith and he uh-huh. and generosity. And he said, um, John, I got a snap judgment fund. I said, what is that? He said, mm-hmm. if any, he said, I carry a thousand dollars in my pocket. Uh-huh. He said, if anyone's got cancer, they lost mm-hmm. their job. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. there's these set of events. Mm-hmm. We just put it in their hand. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just thought that is what I'm talking about. Like now, I try to carry some cash to specifically assign the giving to people that God brings in my life immediately. Yes. And the joy of that and the the opportunity of that cannot be, I mean, it can't be measured by the amount we're talking about. It's it's too big and too beautiful. And so, but the creative idea to even think about that yeah. came yeah. from someone sharing. This is how I'm doing generosity. You know, I think, right, that there's, uh, again, that combination of your heart is ready and you are physically prepared, right? right. So, so you cannot do that if you have to go, like, get your checkbook from home. I got to go to the ATM. I'll no, be back in a little while. It's no, just you're like, you got Venmo this thing and the yeah. person doesn't have a phone. Or It's got to be, you've got to be prepared. Uh, in season and out. In season. Uh, one twist I would add to this uh, yeah. great idea that you and and Jess uh, practice, which is I heard another family that they, they do this, and the, they do this with their young children, and it they told me that it transforms how their family walks through their neighborhood, how they go through the grocery store, how they think about the people around them that they encounter because they're looking with a different they're set looking, of eyes. They're looking for opportunities to bless others. Oh. What a beautiful orientation to life. Right. Yeah, I love what Jess, I said, well, what do you do sometimes if they won't take it? Like I had one night, he said, I got this trick term that'll work with him. He said, would you let me partner with you in that? Mm. Would you mm. let me partner with you in that cancer yeah. you're going through or that job yeah. loss? Yes. And so what a gift for us to be able to do these things. And and yeah. Josh, you, Again, you're such a great young man. I mean, seeing what you did at Praxis, seeing what you're doing here, I can I can't imagine what God's gonna do with your faithful heart and tender heart in the future. There's three questions we like to land with, and I'd like to do these just to get your perspective. You know, I realize this about questions. If we ask everyone the same question, we mm-hmm. borrow the perspective of that person. So there's 10 uh-huh. questions uh-huh. I ask everybody when I meet them and I'm and I'm doing a conversation. Mm-hmm. And that has given me incredible context of over 100 people on 10 mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. And so these are a few of them that came out of that. And so who do you know we should know about, Josh? Who's doing good work in the world that you would like to highlight? Oof. Wow. Um, I know you know a lot of them. No, there's, yeah, it's, it's too, too hard to choose uh, uh, any, so, uh, forced forced to say a name. I, <laughs> I, would, I would point to uh, one of my mentors, uh, a couple uh, named Steve and Susan Vinton. And Steve and Susan Vinton, they, they uh, 
they make their life in their home in a little village in Tanzania. And I visited them. I brought my family to go visit them. I, I knew them when, uh, you know, their kids were shorter and smaller than me. Now they tower <laughs> over me. And what they've done there is they've, they, this, this idea of proximity, right. And then we talk about place and how it shapes you. And, and um, <clears throat> when they live in this village, they are members of this village mm. and they're there because they want to bring education and economic development to people in rural Africa. That's the big picture goal, but at the daily at the daily level it's about loving your neighbor living with them as friends and and that's inspiring they lead an organization called village schools international and and it's that it's that combination the synthesis of saying hey there's no reason just because we're in this tiny little village that nobody's ever heard of that we can't aspire to the very best in measurement in outcomes and you know the the, the standard of academic excellence <laughs> at the same time it's about you know, taking care of your neighbor's goats. And oh. that's, that's, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. So that's, that's that who I wonderful. Who I to. We'll mm -hmm. include them in the notes. <laughs> so what have you done? We should do Josh. What's an experience that you say, you've got to, you've got to experience this. Yes. Uh, I think this is, okay. This is a little bit more abstract, okay. but I think it's worth thinking about or trying once uh, when it comes to people who are givers, right? And we're all givers. We're all called to give. And and I think so often, right? Like if we have money that we're giving to an organization, to a nonprofit, to a ministry, there's inherently this power dynamic, the power imbalance. So I have something, I'm going to give it to you, right? You need this, right? And there's a sense, there's almost like a desperation to it. And uh, uh, And what would it look like if it were inverted, Right. Mm. And and again, like we're weaving a couple of ideas that we just talked about uh, into into this concept, which is uh, what does it look like to practice hospitality to a ministry leader that you want to bless? And it's not the money like where they have to come hat, hat in hand. They try to sell you on how great their their work is going or how perfect everything is going. And you're just like, no, no, let me woo you. Oh. Right. The idea, right? Not for them to try to woo you to write a check, but what can you do? Let me woo you. Let me so woo that... you, right? So what do you do when you're wooing a young love? It's like, oh. I'm constantly thinking about them. I'm, I'm thinking about how I can uh, uh, brighten their day. What's a surprise? What's a, what's a pleasant surprise that would make them feel cherished, mm. right? And it's always the opposite. It's always like the nonprofit trying to figure out, okay, how can I get John to think about me today? How can I get John to feel like special? Right. No, it's like, how can, how can I make this ministry leader feel like the most important person uh, 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 just for who they are? What a gift. That was a fabulous one. That's the upside down kingdom right there. I love that. Yeah. All right, Josh, what have you read that we should read? Ooh, okay, I know that's... you read a lot again. No, this oh is goodness. like painful, but just one. Uh, they, okay, so I'm going to give you one from like maybe left field, and, and okay. this was one that uh, my family and I read together during the pandemic, right in the okay. early days of the pandemic. And um, uh, okay, just stay with me. It's a it's a totally nerdy thing. Um, it's a history uh, from H. W. Brand. Uh, I think it's called the Zealot and the Emancipator. Okay. It's a story of John Brown 
the uh, the abolitionist who led a revolt at Harper's Ferry during the Civil War. Sorry, before the Civil War, right? Like, yeah. uh, 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 and then it's about Abraham Lincoln. And, uh, you know, obviously everyone knows about Abraham Lincoln, but I think what makes this such a compelling book is that it, it it's a parallel biography of two God-fearing men who looked at this terrible problem, this terrible sin, this national sin of slavery, and came up with radically different approaches to solving this issue. And, and, and for me, it's, uh, you borrowed two people's glasses on the same, on the same topic. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's trying to understand the impulses that lead to both perspectives and approaches. And, and I think it's a good metaphor for maybe a good, good, good lens for trying to understand our times right now. Like how, how could they, how could those people on the other side possibly think this way or do that? And and we and we both claim to have some truth, right? And so it's that perspective of like trying to understand like what motivates somebody uh, to think or do what they do, and uh, even if they have very different. So one was this like uh, uh, you know to use violence to end violence, and then the other right. one's like you know, to, to an extreme of just trying to find compromise and and unity. And there's no easy answer. One, how God has need of that. I mean, today I found all the things I think are simple or only simple until I sit down and talk to someone mm-hmm. who has a different perspective than me. And borrowing people's perspective can really, really be a beautiful mm-hmm. thing if you're courageous enough to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's painful. It's hard work. It is hard work. It's like, you know, I tell people push-ups are hard work and you got to do your own. If I could pay somebody to do mine, I'd have them doing them all over the place. We have to do our own push-ups. And if you hadn't been doing them, it didn't, doesn't take long to know it, right? And so well, our faith grows yeah. by doing our own, working out our own salvation and working out this and loving people. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one thing I realized is that he said, they'll know you by your love for one another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that is the ultimate trump card, right? It's, it's the deal. The ultimate, um, what are we going to be known for? And we ought to be known for our love. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for joining us. You are amazing. Thank you for your care and love and friendship. And uh, I just pray that y'all are blessed in everything you lay your hands to. You're leaving a legacy on the hearts of men and women and not just in sticks and bricks. Well, it's a, it's a privilege to call you friend. And we said at the beginning that we would give glory and honor to our, to our Lord. And we will do that. Absolutely. Yes. Together. So grateful that God loves crazy people and he's got a plan for you and uh, just lean into what he's doing. Thank you. Thanks very much.